Dearest, there are no accidents and no explanation I offer will satisfy you. You seek resolutions because you're young. But you will understand this one day. How many times have you been in love? You're always the most beautiful woman in the room. Therese Belvet. Carol. Tell me you know what you're doing. I never did. She's still my wife. I love her. I can't help you with that. It shouldn't be like this. I know. If he can't have me, I can't see my daughter. Everything comes full circle. gave each other the most breathtaking of gifts. Oh, goodness. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Happy New Year's. This is our New Year's episode. It's our and New kind Year's of episode. the end of, of our Christmassy lineup. Is it our season our, finale? Our holiday <laughs> season finale. Yes, this wow. is an official season finale wow. of Movies That Made Us Gay. How do you like that, yep. everybody? Well, listeners out there, all of you, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the movies, movies that, that made us gay. gay. Yes, indeed. We decided to have a little New Year's Eve party with returning <laughs> guest Jackson Cooper. <laughs> Welcome back. Yay, hi. Ja- Jackson, hi. I think you have been the guest that has been on the most. What? On our show in this year. Huh? I'm not. Uh, oh, this year. Yeah, oh, okay. I didn't. Okay. How about okay, that? So- I mean, <laughs> you reached out to us kind of earlier this year, and we just settled on Mommy Dearest, and we just hit it off and just yeah. kept inviting you back on. I, I have to say, uh, this is the thing in my life I'm asked about most. And I've, and wow. I do, oh, I love uh, that. It's because that made us gay, either from my family I or my it. friends oh, I love or. It people at work so thank you all for having me on this has been yeah i mean you were like one of i mean how many episodes does this make for jackson scott i mean three i think so you you first came on for mommy dearest well what did you follow up mommy dearest with can't stop the Uh, music can't stop the music and then i was with pickens for friday Friday 13 so this is your fourth episode (laughs) this will be this will be my fourth appearance but my third full episode there you go i love it (laughs) well welcome back (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, welcome back to the show, and we watched the newest movie that we have ever covered on our podcast. Okay. We watched Carol, directed by Todd Haynes, our first Todd Haynes movie of the podcast. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Um, Released November 20th, 2015. This is a very new movie for this podcast. For us, yeah. I think that previously, Notes on a Scandal and Marie Antoinette, both 2006. Wow. And this is a movie from the last, like, six years. Okay. I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised this is the most recent one, and also that this is the first Todd Haynes. I yes. would have thought mm-hmm. uh, Velvet Goldmine or, yeah. or or Poison, maybe even Far from Heaven, would have be, 
beat, but uh, this is great. Our introduction yeah. to Todd Haynes. I feel mm-hmm. like for me, Far From Heaven is, um, slog is not the right word. <laughs> I remember really flipping for Far From it's Heaven. A it's, it's a lot. When it's I a was, lot. I remember really flipping for that movie when I yeah. was like 17 years old. Yeah, yeah. I still really like it. I think Julianne Moore is great. incredible yes. in it, yes. but yeah. I feel like kind of in 2021, it's it's a little like white savior uh, of when you look back on the movie. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like maybe Carol might be my favorite of his. Okay. I think. Yeah, I think I I loved Safe and I was weirdly obsessed with Safe in high school because I was so on the it was before it went into Criterion, but I was really obsessed with Magnolia which does not hold up to this day. <laughs> so that led me to my obsession with Julianne Moore and I was like, oh, the guy who did Far From Heaven, which I hadn't seen, but it was a very popular movie when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, oh, that guy made this movie called Safe and I watched it and it terrified me so much. And so when I saw he was doing I'm Not There and then mm-hmm. Carol, I was like, this is the same guy, but it's uh, we'll, we'll get into how Todd Haynes shifts. Yeah. It was uh, Safe was my it is my favorite but on rewatch of this movie last night this this still holds up right i have not seen safe it's one of those movies that it's always been on my list but i've heard from everyone who i talk to about it just says that it is like emotionally draining to sit it, down and actually watch well well and and now d- during the Try watching it in a pandemic in the world. I mean, because it's about Julianne Moore, who thinks she is sick, and no Mm. one believes her, and then she starts to actually get sick. And so it's like, yeah, it's probably not... I would wait a few years, but it's amazing. And it is hard to watch, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I haven't... We'll bookmark this, but I haven't seen Notes on a Scandal. So, goodness. That makes another controversial... take so anyway we'll we'll dog ear that for later yeah for sure but how do any of these hold up to superstar the karen carpenter story i mean that's the real, also that's also the real really hard watch very hard watch <laughs> even and that's the one that's done with dolls yep with barbies mm-hmm. oh, yep yes yeah. right. i've seen still, it at still videotech cannot, mm-hmm. go ahead scott i was gonna say i've seen it at videotech in the todd haynes section but i've a never bootleg. actually watched it right yep they have a bootleg of it uh there was a VHS of it at Alamo Draft House in Raleigh, and I asked uh, Josh Schaefer, who was the head of the Video Vortex, like the VHS. I said, mm-hmm. I said, could we just show it? I said, I'd love to do like a Todd Haynes like marathon and all this. And it, there's so many rights that you yeah. can't show. You can't even advertise it or anything. He goes, maybe we could do a like special screening, sure. but. Every time that that's happened, it's always been shut down. Okay. But you can find it on YouTube. It's all sure. on YouTube. I wonder where that is. Is it? I mean, is it just all over music? I think it's the music. Yeah. Okay, sure, that makes they, sense. Yeah, it's all the music. Usually, okay. with kind of situations like that over copyrights, it's always because of music. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that leads us to Carol. Mm-hmm. This wonderful lesbian drama. So. Pete, do you remember when Carol came out, November of 2015, I drug your ass to that movie at the Arclight Hollywood opening weekend. We saw it the Saturday that it came out. Yes. I Mm -hmm. mean, are you insinuating that I'm not a fan of quiet dramas 
featuring it. It might not be impeccably like, dressed white women. It might not. I think be, he's saying you don't like lesbians. What <laughs> well, you would rush out to go see? I would definitely have to pretty much be booking the ticket for you. Yes, for a movie like this. Yes. Um. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't have uh, immediately gone out to see it, but I enjoyed this mm-hmm, movie. It's, yeah. well, it's well done. It's well acted. It's got that that Rooney Mara. She actually says words in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not just, I mean, she is sitting around looking tragic, but she, you know, she's doing something. Um, what has she been up to lately, Rooney? Rooney Mara was just in Nightmare Alley I'm with just, Kate. She, she had like, she had her Carol reunion, Carol reunion with, with Kate Blanchett okay. in Nightmare yeah. Alley. Well, before Nightmare Alley, she's just been sitting around being rich, married to Joaquin Phoenix, right? Yeah. Has she worked since her? Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, mm-hmm. I haven't seen Yeah, her. I mean, she's been in all sorts of stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, good for her. I like her in this movie. Um, I, I mean, Kate Blanchett, come on, get out of here. It's probably one of my favorite Kate Blanchett's roles mm-hmm. that she's ever done. I think it's her most... Um, it's, it's everything we want her to be because she is... We think of her as, like, the, an older actress. Like, I don't know, yeah. just older in sensibility and... And then here she is doing this 1950s Grace Kelly impersonation almost mm-hmm. like, and it's just like, ah, yes, classy and wonderful. Like a Hollywood actress, mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett. She's so good in that. So while we're on the subject of Kate Blanchett, we have done, uh, I think that we've, we've done notes on a scandal this mm-hmm. year and talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, yeah. So this mm-hmm. is our third Kate Blanchett movie. All right. And to kind of celebrate that, I came up a quiz? with a little Kate Blanchett quiz. Uh-oh. Jackson, you, I, you mentioned that you wanted some I'll sort my of, phone a, down. of a quiz or something. I know. I got to put my phone down. I was looking up what <laughs> Rooney Mara has been doing. And, of course, she was – by the way, of course, Rooney Mara was in A Ghost Story oh, with geez. the Affleck. Oh, jeez yep. Louise, mm-hmm. the ghost story. She's good. Anyway. Um, <laughs> can either of you – you can kind of tag team it. Uh, you can uh, do it all together. All right. Can you name her four movies and her IMDb most known for Kate Blanchett's most known for. All right. Like the mysterious yeah. algorithm on IMDb, yeah. what comes up, do you think, on Kate Blanchett? Gotta be uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Fellowship of the Ring is there. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Good call. At least one. One Marvel movie? At, at, well, what I was going to say, at least one of the uh, Lord of the Rings movies are there. Okay. So is it not Fellowship? Fellowship's there. Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you're saying, but um, at least one. Aviator? The Aviator isn't there. What? Her first Oscar win is not there. No. Wow. It should be. That's crazy. Blue Jasmine? No. And I think that Blue Jasmine used to be there, and it it got taken off by something. Is Thor Ragnarok on there? No. Oh, jeez. It's got got to be notes on the scandal. Nope. Oh, what? Okay, so I'll give you a hint. Okay, um, yeah, I said at least one Lord of the Rings movie. A Return of the there. King. Return of the King is there. Okay. And I believe Return of the King, because I keep an eye on Kate Blanchett's IMDb from time to time, uh-huh. it um, replaced Blue Jasmine. Okay, so we so okay. far we have two of the four, and they're both Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Love it. So you got two more. And hate it at the same time. All right, two more. Most Elizabeth the Golden Age? You're close. Elizabeth. Just Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth is there, there okay. and what is the fourth? The last one. Don't overthink this. Don't overthink it. And he said aviator already. Um, 
It's Carol. It's Carol. That's Carol. That's her, that's her number one movie. Yep. That's the number one movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Okay. Wow, okay. All right. Very okay. interesting. How many Oscar nominations does she have? Oh, Lord. Uh, I looked this up. Isn't it like oh, – it's, it's significant. It's like six or seven. Oh, I don't know. It is six. Six. Oh, okay. wow. Six with two wanes. Yeah. And what year was she double nominated in both lead and supporting? She's a part of that exclusive Double actor club and that and she got two acting nominations in one year. Okay. Did she win any of them that no. year? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. She lost both. Hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. I was like, was she nominated for Life Aquatic? It was 2007, <laughs> and she was nominated in lead for Elizabeth the Golden Age ah, and man. supporting for I'm Not There as Bob Dylan. Uh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. How many BAFTA nominations do you think she has? Oh, Lord, all of them? Yeah, 15. <laughs> she has seven. And seven. what movie uh, was she nominated in BAFTA and not, and for, not Oscar? for Oscar? I think she should have cracked the supporting category that year. It was a supporting category. Mm-hmm. She got the BAFTA, not the Oscar nom. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a hint. It was yes, in the year 1999. 99. Yep. Okay, so that was 99. Uh, she's what in a. She's a, in a. It's an iconic performance of the movie, too, in my opinion. Um, is it that heist movie with Bruce Willis? <laughs> Bandits? <laughs> I love Bandits, though. She sadly was not nominated for Bandits. Oh, Bandits. that's so good. <laughs> uh, Iconic performance in this movie. Let me give you another hint. Yes, we another have talked hint. about it on this podcast. Oh, I'm sure we have. Mm-hmm. We did a whole episode of it this the year. The Talented Mr. Ripley. The Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, of yeah. course. She's so good as Meredith. And she got no Oscar nomination she for it. She did not. No Oscar nomination oh. I mean, sadly, that? The How Talented Mr. That? Ripley, while it got a lot of technical nominations, I feel like Didn't it was at a, a time that there was some backlash with both Matt Damon and Gwyneth Paltrow, just mm-hmm. in Hollywood in general, that they did not really get seriously talked about for the major acting categories. Okay. And yeah. I feel like... Maybe Kate Blanchett was kind of too cool of a choice in that category that year. Right. right. Um, it was also it was also a wildly subversive movie yes. for its time. Mm-hmm. Like it's True. so good, but yeah. it's like that that could have been made yesterday, not in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, wildly subversive, but everything is on the surface of that movie. Like nothing is subtle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no, but not for, at all. But for audiences <laughs> in Hollywood, it was definitely mm-hmm. like. Okay. Okay. So oh, she yeah. is one of three actresses nominated for playing members of the opposite sex. Who are the other two? Nominated for playing members of nominated the opposite sex. For men. Um, well, we got Linda Hunt who Linda won. Linda Hunt who she won. She won yep. in a very questionable win mm-hmm. because probably should have been Cher. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It, that should probably be Cher's Oscar for yeah. Uh, yeah. for the movie with Meryl Streep and Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Was was does Raúl Julia count? Was he nominated for Kiss of the Spider Woman? <laughs> you know, I don't think that Raúl Julia was nominated for Kiss of the Spider Woman. Actually. Um. Okay. Uh. What else do we got? Here? Is one it, more. Is it uh, a a cis female actress playing a male character? No. Is that what this one is? It's not. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a man. It's a, a man playing a woman. A man playing a. Okay. So it is a woman playing a trans woman. Felicity Huffman. It's Felicity Huffman. 
Yeah. Yeah, okay. for Trans America. Okay, for probably a probably yeah. uh, she's really good in that movie, but probably for the best that she did not win for Trans America. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. how it would how really it hold up all sure. these years later. Okay. She is one of six actresses to win both lead and supporting. Can you name some of the other five? They've won lead, lead and, and supporting. Mm-hmm. This is probably more of a question for me. I yeah. I know these stupid, yeah. I, I think, know these stupid facts like off, like uh, off the top of my head. Sa- were Sally Fields both for Sally, Sally Fields were both Field for lead. We're both for lead. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's Fields singular. Fields. But I was saying Fields as Fields is possessive. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I follow you. Um two Okay, so we got to go double double Oscar winners. Oh man. I mean, uh Meryl Meryl, yeah, one of them. She had. She won yeah. supporting for Kramer versus Kramer, and then she has two leads. Two okay. leads, right? Okay. Um, f- Francis McDormand. No, Francis McDormand's are all leads. All three. All, yep. all leads, mm-hmm. right? Even three billboards. Three. Is, yeah. yeah. So let me give you a hint. One was for a movie from the '80s, and one was for a movie from the '90s. And um, with Oscar fanatics, they're not really liked wins. Oh, uh, Jessica Lange. Jessica Lange. Jessica Lange. Oh, yeah. for Tootsie, yeah. <laughs> the year that Tootsie yeah. came out, I feel like it probably should have been Terry Gar who yeah. won. If you're going to be yeah. giving oh, out an was, award yeah, for Tootsie, better. Yeah. and nobody gives a shit about Blue Sky. <laughs> mm-hmm. no. Blue Sky does not exist, as you like. And as you the like other to point one, out. we just covered a movie of hers. Okay, Maggie last S- week, Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. oh. yeah. For Prime, for Prime, and then. Um, what did she win supporting for? Oh, I can't remember. I've never seen her supporting act- actress win movie. Mm, okay. Well, the prime. Have oh, you seen the she prime won for she won for Gosford Park. No, that was Jennifer Connelly. Uh, yeah, but she was, but but that was her last nomination, though. Mm-hmm. I'll just give you the other two. It's Helen yeah. Hayes, Helen, Helen Hayes, and Ingrid Bergman. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, with clues, we got uh, we got. A yeah, couple. you did pretty good. <laughs> what's the highest? What's the highest grossing Kate Blanchett movie? This one's kind of a no-brainer. Thor Ragnarok. No. Oh! <laughs> this movie was the biggest movie in the world at the time. Kate Blanchett, biggest movie Kate in the Blanchett. world. Um, I mean, maybe not like Titanic numbers, but yeah. it got pretty close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, gosh, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to think. One of them is the in box. her most known for. Oh, Lord of the Rings: The Return of the yeah. King. It's Return yeah, of the Return King. of the King. Um, what is the lowest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes? I didn't even know she was in this movie. And I'll give you a hint. It is directed by George Clooney. And another hint. Nobody talks about this movie. Is Michael it- Clayton? No. no. He didn't direct that. Directed it's about George art Clooney. thieves in oh, World War II. Oh, gosh. It's about oh. soldiers. It's about, like, Nazis and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. stolen paintings. It has a weird name. Doesn't it have a weird name? It is called The Monument Men. Men. The Monument Men. Monument Men. Yeah, the Monuments no Men. I was going to yeah. say, oh, was she in Movie 43? Because that has a really good name. <laughs> that movie does have a pretty like, insane like, cast. Guys, yeah. like, what's going... Yeah. <laughs> okay, on the opposite end of the spectrum, what is the highest rated movie? This one was interesting. Highest rated... Uh, what are you talking about? Rotten Tomatoes score? Rotten Tomatoes score. Highest Rotten what Tomatoes. What has the highest critical percentage on Rotten Tomatoes? Of all of Kate Blanchett's movies. It's, I mean, is it Blue Jasmine? I no. hate to go back. Blue Jasmine's up there, though. Mm. It's up there, yeah. Mm-hmm. That has a weirdly high score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm not is it one there. Of the I'll give you a hint. Yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, one of the Lord of the Rings okay. movies. Is it Return of the King again? It's not oh, Return of the King. Fellowship. Fellowship. Nope. The 
two towers. It's the two towers. Yeah. Towers. I thought that was interesting. That is very weird. And it is followed closely so by Carol at one percent. Does that have a higher one than than the other two? Okay. Yeah, that's and weird. especially like the character of Gladriel is just so <laughs> awkwardly put in the two towers that she right. just yeah. has one scene where she monologues to Hugo Weaving, and it's all in like a trance, like a weird mm-hmm. like. <laughs> Yeah, it's a whole dream sequence. It's yeah. all like she's superimposed into the movie because they needed a break from oh, something. I but I, I do love that shit that Gladriel is not in a lot of the books. But, I mean, they were going to put her in all three of those movies. They can't have a three-hour movie with zero yeah. women. In well, it. especially for the second movie. <laughs> I think they I think they were going to and then someone said, you know. Wait a minute. Really. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. All right. So, yeah, that was her... Kate Blanchett quiz. Thank very you, nice. <laughs> you both did very job. well. Good job. I, I'm such an awards nut that I can pull out obscure Oscar things that I feel like I would probably get, but yeah, you have not to... everyone would. <laughs> but, but with the clues, we were able to jump in there. So, all right, mm-hmm. good job, good job. So back to Carol. So Carol, mm-hmm. all right. Sure. So we need to s- synopsize. The <laughs> This movie. Well, I feel like the conversation should begin with Patricia Highsmith. Right. Because I think that from everything that I've read about Carol, that this was published under The Price of Salt. And she originally published this novel under Claire Morgan, a pseudonym after it got rejected from the publisher. Right. Yeah. And then it was republished later and they retitled it Carol. So I think that they... Published it under the price of salt, and then I think that later Prince went back, and it's called Carol. And from yeah. what, everything that I've read, the Therese character is just pretty much her. Right, because it was based on an encounter she had with a woman wearing a fur or something. Mm-hmm. It was it was very like it was very abstract oh, and it. and vague how she described it, but <laughs> it was but it it was based on her, which is pretty pretty crazy for yeah. 1950s like for a woman to write about a yeah a relationship so mm-hmm. and this was right after she wrote strangers on a train which is another mm-hmm. homoerotic charged uh and of course talented mr ripley yeah. is just yeah. one of the gayest things ever <laughs> um so <laughs> so um, yeah wow how did yeah, she, how I, did she keep remember, getting away with it yeah she could get away with it yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, I feel like that she was just at that time at that position of high literary society in New York where she probably could just publish material like this. And I like to think that Carol is almost a character that's a collection of numerous women in her life that she just put into this character. Right. Yeah, because it doesn't feel autobiographical at all. Like, And even when I read the book uh, before seeing the movie when it first came out – my roommate um, at the time in college, who's just was amazing. She was obsessed with it. Obviously, she was a lesbian. <laughs> um, and she was obsessed with it. She was obsessed with Kate Blanchett. So she bought the book, and then we just passed it around our house reading yeah. it. And it, yeah, none of it feels autobiographical. It feels extremely uh, distanced, and you know, just sort of yeah, putting a bunch of different characters together. Without anything that felt very personal, which is weird because she based it on a personal experience. So, so I wonder if it was a situation, though, where the experience was, like you said, she met this woman, you know, right. and was just kind of taken with the idea of what if this would happen with that 
like super high yeah. glam rich woman that I saw and then built this story in her head just or the way maybe, you do sometimes. Or maybe some of it actually did happen. Oh, I don't or know. Maybe, or maybe mm-hmm. it did. But. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the uh, Aunt Abby character, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, what, what struck me in the rewatch last night was how much it held on to what you were saying, Pete, where it was just like this d- giant what if. Like yeah. there's just a lot of open-endedness to the entire movie. Yeah, especially how it right? ends. Yeah, especially how it ends, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's yeah, it, I think it did that well to her source material. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting when I was reading about uh, Phyllis Nagy, who was close friends with Highsmith in the 90s mm-hmm. when they were first developing this movie that I think kind of the later years of Patricia Highsmith's life that she was helping to develop, helping to develop carol and the price of salt for a movie and she knew phyllis the screenwriter who is just kind of this badass lesbian trailblazing screenwriter uh-huh. and she was friends with her that's cool so she kind of helped her develop this to a movie and this was kind of a i think material that had been working the rounds in the studio system i think a lot of directors at one point were attached to it and then nothing just ended up happening. I was reading Kenneth Branagh, Kimberly yep. Pierce from Boys Don't Cry, Stephen mm-hmm. Frears. I could see all of those directors making a pass at this movie probably sometime in the early 2000s. And I think that nothing was really becoming of it. And then Kate Blanchett got wind of it and she kind of kickstarted the project again. Yeah, and I liked how Hagee said she never set out to make it an agenda film, yes, which right. was very refreshing. And I know that was probably a part of the struggle with selling it to investors that we're not making an agenda movie. Like, this isn't Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. Like, this is an, a, an intimate love story between two women. And I would imagine that probably independent investors at the time weren't too, like, kind of about making this quiet love story. Yeah. Yeah. And even, and even into the 90s, I mean, mm-hmm. that was like Hollywood was sort of making up for how quiet it was with the AIDS crisis and mm-hmm, stuff. So you mm-hmm. got these like very camp, uh, you know, the man in the dress movies like Mrs. Downfire <laughs> and, and uh, to Wong Fu and stuff. So it was just like this <laughs> giant sort of apologizing to right. queer characters that lasted. And like new queer cinema was just starting to launch. So it wasn't quite at the point where, like what I love about this movie too is that it came at the right time. Yeah, yeah. Like because watching it now, I was like, oh, coming post nineties, you know, this like the Tarantino, David Fincher, like it was just in that style that's so overdone right now. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, the I, the, the colors and yeah. you know the the um these long pe- like the way the camera's in their face in the car, but they're wide shots. Like everyone does that now in an A24 movie. And I was like, (laughs) but that was kind of revolutionary at Mm -hmm. the time. I think that also a mini series on HBO, like Mildred Pierce probably had a big reason why somebody like Kate Blanchett wanted to sign on to a movie like this. Have you ever seen Mildred Pierce? Like the I did, yeah, miniseries, and I I really Mm -hmm. liked it because I really loved the novel. It's definitely like sort of like a sister companion to 
material like Carol, too. Well, I think mm-hmm. Todd Haynes needed to make Mildred Pierce yeah. before he could make Carol. Yeah. Because Mildred Pierce is so long and drawn out, and yet it's still about, like, working-class America. It's very muted tones. The performances are very understated. Uh, and then Carol is just, you know, every every shot is perfect. Yeah. Every single thing he does is just perfection. He can just sort of zero in on something a little more specific. So mm-hmm. speaking of the timing of this movie's release yeah. and, and, and production, I want to talk a little bit about the timing of this movie. And if this movie was made today, would... Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara have the opportunity to star in it. Sure. Is Kate Blanchett that big of a star that she can get around? She's a straight woman playing this, this queer character. Um, maybe the Rooney Uh-oh. Mara character, they would cast, you know, a queer actress, you know, they did, they, they brought in, uh, they brought in, uh, Sarah Paulson, Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. They brought in Carrie, you know, Carrie Bronstein at the yeah. very end, you know, to kind of have these queer characters, but they're, these actresses are playing these kind of like, you know, Sarah Paulson's playing the sidekick kind of character and, uh, Carrie Carrie's in it for one scene, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, our two leads are, you know, are straight women. And it's like, Kate Blanchett is this character. I don't falter for it, and I'm not going to sit here and say, "Well, they should have given it to Sarah Paulson." You know <laughs> why? Why couldn't Sarah Paulson play Carol? You know, right? And mm-hmm. you know, she plays a version of of uh, Aunt Abby and Ratched, kind of. Yeah, yeah. sure. Sort of yep. repressed lesbian. Yes. Um, so, I mean, do we think that if this movie were to have been produced, you know, in 2021? Would would they have gone a different route with casting, or is is Kate just kind of like beyond that because she's so good and you know and she just brought so much? To this I mean, character. I kind of think it's the latter because it's Kate Blanchett. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it is too. I think Rooney Mara's would have probably been recast in, I think in some so. regard. I think so, but I I don't know. I hate to sound I hate to sound so pessimistic, but it's like every time we hope that they hope. That there is um, representation in the casting yeah. with a queer story, you know, we're disappointed because I kept thinking back to watching Call Me By Your Name mm-hmm. when I was watching this. I kept thinking about the first time I saw that and I was just like, oh, okay, Chalamet is amazing, like great in that role. He's not gay that we know of um, but yet. but i was like but i was like but it's fine like it's mm-hmm. fine it's it's the story was so beautifully told mm-hmm. i kind of i don't want to say i didn't care but it it's a different conversation yeah 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 and the thing is like the role of carol it's just it needs somebody with this and not it, that i think it needs somebody with that type of star power yes that you can yes. tell well, and and who mm-hmm. and who understands the style yes. like yes. i think what yes. todd haynes does well even with someone like julianne moore in far from heaven is that like she gets the style. Yeah. So, you know, and, and um, even Dennis Quaid in that does too. It's like they get it and they're playing this very highly stylized. Mm-hmm. Even Carol is highly stylized in the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I think, I think Kate is the only person who could play that sort of enigma uh, character, you yeah. know. Yeah. And it does help that it's directed by a gay man. 
too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That you see this right. world through the lens of somebody in the LGBT community. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And oh, sorry. I was just going to add. And funny enough, I was doing my research. The first Todd Haynes that he didn't write, which oh, I thought was okay. really interesting. That is because he, yeah, because he wrote Safe, he wrote Velvet Goldmine, all of that, wow. and I think even I'm not there. So this was his first with someone else's material, mm-hmm. which was also really interesting. I didn't see Dark Waters with Anne Hathaway. I feel like nobody talks about that movie. <laughs> Do you remember that? It was the one with Mark Ruffalo. I mean, it came and went. Nobody. No, it's it's the one that they're going to be skipping over in like the AFI. That's not the one with Jennifer Connelly where it's raining show. in her apartment. No, that's oh. that's dark. That that's the other dark that's water. Just dark movie. water. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked that one. Yeah, <laughs> that one was good. That one was really good. <laughs> the kids oh, there. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you're right. Kate Blanchett does have. She has a gravitas to her performance style, her acting, and to you know to use an overused statement, but it kind of works here. She understood the assignment. Like mm-hmm. she knows good. what's going on with these kind of period movies, and and these two characters. I didn't realize it was like. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying the like. Oh, they choose to be gay or whatever. But there is this element that's really sort of heavy handed in the film that like they used to, you know, Kate Blanchett's character had affairs and now, mm-hmm, she, you right. know, and now she's putting up this front of being a, a, a straight housewife kind right, of thing. Right. So I was like, OK, she kind of gets Kate Blanchett or using a heterosexual actress. I was like, OK, that's kind of a padding of sorts right. that the casting is like, well, she used to. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the whole time I'm watching it, this mm-hmm. this time around, I'm watching it going, well, she really lucked out that Therese was into it. Yeah. But I think, oh. I think the whole idea was that she... It was the very first look. When Carol is mm-hmm. in, yes. the de- in the toy department at the train station, looks up, catches her eye, and she's like, oh, that one. We've she's, all been there. She's staring at me already. Mm-hmm. But that dinner scene or that lunch scene, yeah. you for a minute, you're like, wait, she's not into this. <laughs> and then you, you start to get yeah. it. I don't I got a little like, oh Uh-oh. shit. Like she's yeah. not she's not into or what if she, what if she's not into it? Yeah. Does, because you, know? you, you have to take into account the the period, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. on the one hand, a queer person in that period wouldn't even have the internal language to say, yes, I am attracted to this woman. Um, So, but she just kind of knows it. And so she's going along, you know, against her better judgment. But on the other hand, you could also say, you know, like you're, like you're thinking, Maybe it's just totally innocent on Therese, and she's just like, oh, I, I gave her her gloves back, this, and she, now she wants to take me to lunch. And the, this Score. rich lady just invited me out to cocktails. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, you know, we've all been there with older kids. Like, it's just like, oh, he's, he likes me. Yeah. Like, he's buying me nice stuff. He yep. took me to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it made me think back to my time working at um, at Nordstrom um, when I was twenty, and there was a, a gentleman who would often come into my department, and you know, uh, he, you know where he worked, Scott, flirting with the cute shop boys, you know, at the where, Sandy Mall, you know where he worked, he worked <laughs> at the uh, Pudding Stone, the 
the hot tub spa like resort. Oh, and wow. he gave, would give me his card and be like, you should come to my work. Like I'll get you a discount on the rooms and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, what is this? Like, Oh, I thought it was like a spa. Wait a minute. Well, wait, it, was wait a, minute. it was a hot tub. Like, are you talking about like, yeah. Oh in, yeah. In San Dimas. In San Dimas, yeah. which is long since closed. Okay. So Jackson, have you ever seen Howard the duck? Yes, of course. Do you remember when yeah. Howard the duck gets a job at like the spa with the, the hot, hot tubs? Tub. That's yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> It's pretty much just like a straight bathhouse. It's like a straight bathhouse, yeah, (laughs) which I'd love. I miss it. Oh my god, that's hilarious! And And he's like, he's like, come and come and have a martini and some cream spinach in my hot tub. Yeah, over poached (laughs) eggs. Oh my god, fifties cuisine. No, thank you. Yeah, so I I was thinking back to that. I was like, I remember that time when I got my hair done, and he was like, Oh, I like your highlights. It was the nineties. Much like, much like when Carol says, "I like the hat." Yes, it I was like the highlights. Yeah. Very much that. I had got my hair streaked. It was 1999. Pete, you, Pete, you lived Carol. I was to ter- I was Therese, Therese Belichick or whatever. It's Polish. It's <laughs> Czech. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I, I, I related to it in some ways, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the, the the time period is something that I always have in the back of my head when watching this movie. Yeah. People's attitudes, the way that you would have to conduct yourself in public when you are in these kinds of situations. But like I said, there's also that naivete that the general public might have where they wouldn't even consider it because mm-hmm. it's so out of – Gator right. was not really something that yeah. was on people's minds. Although mm-hmm. – although- the men are garbage in this. Oh movie. my goodness! Because it's like they don't have any naivete, true, and it all true. goes from like zero to like you're true. fucking her. Yeah, you, you know, like yeah. in a split second. And I mean, I mean can we just funny. talk about how Jake Lacey is making a career of playing like a fucking douchebag? Yeah, that, I mean, like, shits on his girlfriend. He was just in <laughs> being the Ricardos, pretty much ever. playing the same character in the writers' room for I Love Lucy. Yeah, <laughs> just a misogynistic prick who has no clue. He He's really good at it, though. He's good. At, he's great at it. You just want to punch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Kyle Chandler, who I, uh, I adore and love, and is great. I was. Uh, he's my mom's favorite actress, and I was like, he's "Oh, so you need handsome. to watch it because Kyle Chandler's in it." I said, "He really plays an asshole. In this. <laughs> he's, just the, he's the worst. He's, he's the uh, worst in this movie." And, and, and they're all, all terrible. They're they're terrible. Kyle Chandler's awful. And every now and then, I'm like. Maybe he does love her, but then I'm like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Love. Shows up, he shows up drunk to it's, get the yeah. kid, and I forgot. It's a power trip. When, when that scene happened, I had forgotten that there was a driver in the car. Oh. and so the whole time I'm like, oh my god, like brilliant, Todd Haynes. He's drunk and mm-hmm. he's like demanding the kid, and then going to drive home, and then I see the driver. I'm like, okay, never okay, mind. yeah, because she even says, "You're drunk. Let me make you a cup of coffee. Go on and, go on and drink a cup of coffee, uh, Carl Chandler, with the kid <laughs> freezing in the car. Let me make you coffee. These yeah, right. Priorities <laughs> yeah. in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Kyle Chandler. As you know, Carol's husband, yes. I I'm watching this movie going, what in the white waspy hell? Harge aired, yeah, Harge aired, mm-hmm. Harge aired. Everyone, everyone has a weird name. What is this. what is the daughter's name? Lindy, Bindi, <laughs> Brindy. The daughter's got a crazy name. Daughter's got a weird name. Daughter's got a crazy name I'd never heard of before. Um, yeah, Carol aired Harge. I can't even say Harge aired. It's, it's not even a name. It's like the, the punchline of like a weird joke. Um, 
Yeah. But again, different time. Yeah. <laughs> like high society of New York. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, very that. Harold's house, like that stone house. I mean, are yeah, these these mansions house? just in like Long Beach? Long Island. Or, yeah. Lo- not, <laughs> not, not Long Beach. I meant, I meant LBC. Long Island. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's like Long Island. It looked a little like uh, no. I, I think it was upstate New York because I saw some like Royal Tenenbaums uh, locations. I was sure. like, okay. oh yeah, mm-hmm. sure, it passed sure. by that uh, cemetery at one point. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's very waspy. It's also like we don't. Know, I I love movies from the fifties and movies that take place during this time where it's like you don't really know what they what he does and it doesn't matter. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's like post World War II. Everyone's like it's like pre Eisenhower, so everyone's we see like um, weird. we see them. <laughs> they're at the movies in the projection booth, and they're showing Sunset Boulevard. So we get the idea. Right. Okay, so this is probably 1950, 1951. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, Therese, a single woman living in the city, is able to you know afford her own apartment, working mm-hmm. you know as a yeah. shop girl. Her her thirty dollar a month rent probably yeah. <laughs> yeah hoping to be a photographer one yeah. day and, I mean uh, it it, it does kind of comfort me that I've worked so many shitty customer service jobs yeah. that everybody has always hated working in retail no oh, yeah for decades <laughs> yes. well so, and don't yep. get retail during the holidays that's the mm-hmm. that's yeah. a universal it's just soul sucking yeah. <laughs> just like watching like the floor supervisor. Like uh, snapper fingers. Oh, it's that th- it's that thing that everybody in retail can relate to, where the management is a, is a little too into it. Yeah, and you're just like, why are you so invested in this? Yeah. This <laughs> job is what you're like putting all this effort into. Jeez, priority taking it way too seriously. Way too seriously. And then, like, the co- I love when they're they're. The guy's giving the company hats. The yeah. Hat he out. says it to every single like, person. That's very retail, too, yeah. where yeah. the company's like, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. <laughs> like, yeah. happy holidays. We're thinking of you. Yeah. And oh you're like, what the fuck is this? there is just something also about the paint in that store that it's just that mint that is so 50s mm-hmm. looking. Yeah. Well, let me tell you the scenes in the department store. I love. I love all that too. I am yeah. transported because I am so fascinated by the idea of these old timey mm-hmm. actual department stores. We have not a le- like not like Macy's today, but like Macy's yeah. then. We where- have a leftover department store like this that is well, it is a Macy's. The Macy's yeah. in, in Pasadena, Pasadena that is like what? a multi level old yeah. school department store, and you can see they they never change they never redesigned the inside so it has all the counters. You get the cool elevators, it has the cool elevators mm-hmm. that has all that stuff, and that is so wild to me that you could go and buy a train set, a fur coat, probably like a pup tent. And oh, like- I was going to say some camping equipment, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. all of those, and then and you know like it's the same with those furniture stores where yes. there were like five floors and they just went back like way way back (laughs) and you're like what the heck am i gonna get lost here yeah yeah yeah, i love it Uh, those those early scenes in the movie and actually most of this movie is very like i am transported i think they do a really cool job they do of of the period and it's very spare how they set dress carol's living room rooney mara's apartment yeah yeah 
Even right. The- even even I love uh, the old motels, like mm-hmm. when they're going uh, yep. on the road trip. Like I'm obsessed with like those old yeah. uh, designs for mm-hmm. the motels and stuff like that. So that's just also incredible how they recreated mm-hmm. all of those. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so all right. So we have to. I'm glad that characters. you uh, recommended for me to watch Brief Encounter. Before yes. I watch this movie, because though these two movies just really pair nicely with each other, because Todd Haynes sort of takes the structure from Brief Encounter of just sort of entering this intimate conversation in the very first scene, and you don't know right. what the subtext or what this mm. conversation is about with these okay. two people, with this outside person that interrupts it, and right. then we sort of trace back the steps of these characters and it returns to the conversation and you sort of know what's going on. I think that's a really clever way to be introduced to these two characters. And that's what happens in Brief Encounter. Yeah. And Haynes worked with Hagee about that. He actually said like, we should do a brief encounter kind of thing where just to, just to create a bookend very Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And, but I mean, it's almost down to the shot because yeah. the hand yeah. is the same too. That, brushes uh, brushes her uh, with the hand. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the camera is behind her, so you don't see the head. It's I mean, it was very. It's a great, great movie to do, and also a movie that uh, Brief Encounter, written by Noel Coward. That if you watch it, who is gay? So mm-hmm. if you watch it as this like tale of unrequited love through the eyes of a gay man writing it. It's kind of like Todd Haynes writing or not writing, but directing this. It's just like, it's a, it's a very queer, queer movie. Yeah. I mean, kind of like what he did with far from heaven with the Douglas Sirk movie of that. If we were going to have these complex issues like racism and homosexuality, this is sort of him making brief encounter and he's actually going to go there. Updating it. Updating it. Yep. Yeah. And and he finds, I think different from far from heaven because I think far from heaven leans very into the like, melodrama yeah. of, mm-hmm. of that and especially the douglas sirk movies i mean you you could watch those back to back and be like oh it's the same thing but he does it really well with brief encounter because he shows how contemporary the love story is mm-hmm. which brief encounter does too because it's just it's very muted it is kind of about class and carol is a little bit about classism yeah. but it's more about this like yeah two people who can't be together and what happens with there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So when Carol and Therese first meet, uh, Carol is obviously going through struggles in her in her marriage, in her family life. She's separated from Kyle Chandler. She's separated mm-hmm. from Harge. Uh, Harge is fully aware of her previous dalliances with uh Sarah Paulson with Abby, who she is still in touch with, and they just have a friendship now, which I love. They're just like because there's yeah. nothing, oh, so there's just nothing good. more They're like queer now. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's nothing more queer than that. It's like oh, we used to fuck, but we just hang out and like kiki now and like <laughs> have lunch. Um, <clears throat> and Therese is in this relationship with Jake Lacey, and even at the beginning, before she meets Carol, she's very just like uh huh. Yeah, like half listening to him <laughs> yeah. as he's talking about going to Europe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she's like, this is great. This is fine. Like, yeah. All good. So she's not. It's I not love- even that Carol kind of pushes her out of that or makes her, you know, this revelation. She's from the start. She's kind of ambivalent about her relationship with. Yeah. With Jake Lacey. Well, I love those two. Like their transformations, which mm-hmm. I noticed last night, which was that like. Therese starts she's she's young I mean yeah. this is like first love you know and so she's young and she grows into this sort mm-hmm. of mature um, decision maker and then Carol starts out really strong and becomes way more vulnerable as it comes in yes. until she she's so broken uh, of sorts by the end yeah um, but yeah I, I just love how like the doe-eyed look of Rooney Mara is so cute at that beginning she's just you can tell she's literally not – just doesn't know what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Completely, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so when she sends the gloves back that Carol leaves at the counter accidentally on purpose, we don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh. But is it a thing that Carol is like – I mean – do Is this a predatory is lesbian? It, is it a predatory yep. lesbian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially from like the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Call in now, one hundred. <laughs> yeah, the phones are lighting up. The phone lines are on. <laughs> on fire. It's a Christmas tree in here. It's kind of um, an interesting spin on it too. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's like I don't know. I think it's a thing where it's just again time time frame. You have to think. It's the fifties. You just like, kind of think like, who does Carol think she is? She's just, just casting her net out very mm-hmm, well. Just know. openly hitting on this cute shop girl. But it's not in the open. She, yeah. I mean, it kind mm-hmm. of is at the counter, but then she waits for it to be a phone call. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Pete. I think it's really when she goes to lunch. Yes, yeah. yeah. That that's like the true interrogation and a testament to Kate's acting. I mean, you see it all on her face when she realizes, mm-hmm. like, yeah. she realizes. Therese doesn't know what she's talking about and then she just like makes that like oh you're a girl who fell from space kind of comment and it's like oh I you know yeah she's I don't I don't think it's predatory because I think that whole lunch scene sort of validates this meet cute of sorts because Carol is Mm -hmm. Carol is like testing the water she's asking Mm -hmm. questions about like you know about her life and Rooney Mara is giving her a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, it kind of start things start happening really, really quickly. Cause it's very much yeah, like she, in, she invites her over to the house pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, and the house is out. Like it's not right around the corner. It's she like has a to, big, she has trip. to go pick her up. Yeah. She mm-hmm. has to go pick her up in the car and, and Jake Lacey doesn't understand all this stuff. But this, evening at the house when when Harge shows up and they have a fight mm-hmm. and she's just kind of like oh shit mm-hmm. let me hide that is so uncomfortable yeah when he it's says really like, uncomfortable right right after a really sweet scene like yeah. that scene mm-hmm. where she's playing piano <laughs> and i love the small you know uh, character tick of she and i guess it's it's more of the time period but like she takes her shoes off mm-hmm. to get comfortable and uh she's she's like pressed her boobs are pressed <laughs> right up on Rudy Mar. yeah and i think that she's <laughs> playing her uh that billy holiday song because that's what she gives oh, that's her what she gives her later, later in the movie Oh, and I am holding up the vinyl of the soundtrack (laughs) of Carol. The Carol soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the Carter Burwell score on vinyl, because yes, I own it. 
I do love though later on in the movie when she gives her a gift and she op- and Carol opens it up and it's and it's a record and she's like it's what I played for you and she's like wow thanks, thanks. yeah <laughs> right. I love she's it like, oh you're that's great I didn't give a shit about what you were playing <laughs> <laughs> she goes it was I don't or- actually listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> But when, I thought she was like, "Oh, you're such a shitty player." Yeah. I didn't even know that that was that. Yeah, that was a song. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> but but when Harge and Carol are fighting, and he sees yes. her, and he goes over to her and he says, "How do you know my wife?" Yeah. Oh my god! I'm just like mm-hmm. so cringe. Walks right from <laughs> fixing like her kitchen sink. Yeah, and then he goes over to talk to her. Uh and he's, and I, like, right in the frame. He's, like, looking down the barrel of yeah. the car. I mean, I feel like if I was Therese, I would probably just say, I'm just a friend of Carol. I don't think I would pull out the, I met her at a department but store. the real yeah. dig is he turns and then he's, like, you have the nerve or yeah. something like that to to care, uh, to uh, Cape Lynch. And yeah. you're, like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's harsh. Uh, the men in this are all garbage. There's mm-hmm. not one redeeming man. Even the lawyers are the worst people Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like shit. Yeah, because yeah, again, it's like this is his client, but it's like, you know, again, time frame. So it's like he's got to be like, oh, hey, shut up. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, and it's that thing where it's like when when Kyle Chandler goes to the house, you know, each time he goes to talk to her, is it a thing of just like, come back, like, come, you know, come back with us, spend Christmas with us, blah, blah, blah. And, it, and it's not, I love you. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. you're, my, you're my wife. There's no discussion of we're going to work through our problems and everything's going to yeah. be okay. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. that like, you're a woman, you're not allowed to be alone on yeah. Christmas, even though I'm divorcing you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like I mean, I mean, but really, and that, that also struck me too. I mean, talking about time period where I was like a divorced woman in the fifties. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like horrifying, like shunned to society. Well, she wasn't even able to see uh, Jindy or whatever the daughter's name is. <laughs> I'm not looking it up because I want to just see what names you come up yeah. with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, each to each time she gets kicked out, she has like she longer and longer without seeing, huh. you know, the, the poor daughter. But yeah. Um, but yeah, he it's uses a mess. the daughter as an excuse, oh, which mm-hmm. is also Absolutely. like you know to to stalk her and to do all that. And, yes. and how uh, Carol's mother-in-law looks at her at that <laughs> holiday party. Oh, oh my god! god. Yeah, mm-hmm. that whole holiday party scene—that's uncomfortable. Yeah, that was an uncomfortable scene. And the dinner later, the Christmas dinner that they have is just, yeah, all of it. Talking about her therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the psychoanalyst. Yeah. Oh, well, we, well, he's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so all that is like awful, but you know, Carol does these things where she'll invite Therese over. It'll get interrupted. And then it's like, all right, well, bitch, I got to drive you home. Mm-hmm. Like leave. We're, this is done. I'm taking you to the train station. This is done. I'm taking you to the train station. Yep. Bye. You know? Um, and several times she does this to her. Right. You know? And yeah. it's like, that kind of shit sucks. And it's like, that's not yeah. predatory lesbian, but it's also somebody who, I mean, obviously she's going through it. You know, she's going through it with her family, her husband. She wants to see her daughter. But at the same time, she's not in any place mentally where she should be pursuing 
a new relationship. Yeah. And yeah. and Therese is the one that kind of gets the the shaft each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, it's and it's sad. I mean, and that's where it surprised me on the rewatch where how how much how much it just hit emotionally. I mean, just going through you know someone putting you through the ring around yeah. and, and all that, and then being like, no, but what did I do? What did I do wrong? And yeah, then, and I think that's how then being like, mm-hmm. oh no, you were not in a place, but you still wanted me there. Mm-hmm. You wanted someone there, so mm-hmm. yeah. And I, that's how I think I, that I a lot the, of tears last night. The but. Sarah Paulson <laughs> character is really well used because when she kind of first finds out about Therese mm-hmm. and she's just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this is what you yeah. need right now. That I think that kind of Sarah Paulson can kind of level with Carol on yeah. her level and call her out probably to her face yeah. of like, this is probably not what you need. And she also has that moment with um, Therese where she says, none of this is your fault. Yeah. I right. wouldn't have driven right. like which is a, real, which across is the country really to pick you up. Which is yeah. a really beautiful scene. Yeah, I love movie. where, I mean, I wanted to see where Sarah Paulson like read her for filth after she's <laughs> like after she's after Kate Blanchett goes like I've never been careful and then like the scene continues and Sarah Paulson's like yeah well she's young you're old you got you know, like you're a lesbian she's a lesbian it's like, the fifties you know. yeah it's the fifties <laughs> you need to do this anyway I got my eye on this redhead. Who owns a steakhouse outside of Friends? <laughs> I'm talking serious. Rita Hayworth, redhead. Really? You think you got what it takes to handle a redhead? You going somewhere? West, I thought. At least for a few weeks until the hearing. What else am I going to do? Well, I know you don't like driving alone, so... She's young. Tell me you know what you're doing. I don't. I never did. I love I love Sarah Paulson so much in this. Mm-hmm. She is so not she she's not playing against type no. i mean she's kind of playing i mean the i feel like Car- i mean sarah yeah. paulson has been cultivating this type of woman in yeah, film and tv but, for over 10 years but this is what i'm saying sarah mm-hmm. paulson when she finally yeah. does get a movie she is you know the side she's playing yeah. the same character she played in down with love 10 yep. years yeah. <laughs> 10 years earlier right yes, you know exactly. if if her and Renee yeah. had like a secret like scandalous affair back at the sorority house I want to I want to see that movie you know oh it's so good I watched it a week ago it still holds up yeah so oh good. man you so and McGregor is so cute so we, have to, oh, we have to get God. we have to get the down with love on yes, the show eventually too we gotta get, too. It. We gotta get mm-hmm. to it that would be but, good he's, yeah. he's very hot in oh, so yeah. cute but you know what I'm saying so it's like and that brings me back to my earlier point it's like could Sarah Paulson carry this movie? Could she have carried the role of Carol, you know? And she is, like, our most iconic, like, lesbian, you know, actress, leading lady in 2021, soon to be 2022, you know? So it's just that conversation. And Mm -hmm. I'm not the the, at the front of the parade saying, like, only, you know, queer 
characters need to be yeah. played by queer mm-hmm. people. But it's be, a good point. Yeah. But because I believe give Blanche give somebody perfect. like Sarah Paulson a shot at playing yeah, yeah. this type of role. Because at this yeah. point in her life, you know, she's not getting any younger. So it's like the, you know, the leading ladies aren't gonna, are going to be getting fewer and fewer. So will she ever get to play? A character like Carol in a movie, you know, maybe not, um, or or maybe so. I mean, maybe, yeah, yeah. You know, all of maybe all of what the Ryan Murphy mm-hmm. universe has been building yes, up been, to, right? And, yeah. You know, her in in the like thirties or mm-hmm. something, or you know, the, <laughs> the first depression era lesbian. I there you know. go. <laughs> <laughs> just, but but you're right, and I was I was thinking that too, and I thought she does very well, but she's still playing Sarah Paulson. Yes. Like yeah. like Kate Blanchett is very yes, we know it's Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. She just is a star like that. But she's playing a tight, like she's playing the style, yeah. and Sarah Paulson is playing the style kind of because she has a wig and a pantsuit. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, she breaks the emotion at the end in that diner scene. But mm-hmm. I was like, could she play? Could she play everything underneath what right. Kate Blanchett is playing? You yeah. know, or yeah. is she just gonna have the same face and Sarah Paulson voice that we know? And, True. And, yeah, 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 because Kate does do that thing so well that she does, you know, when she played Catherine Hepburn and when she is, you know, mm-hmm. in Carol and what she possibly could have brought to somebody like Lucy Lucille Ball, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, right, right, mm-hmm. exactly. There's a reason yeah. that she gets put in these movies is because she just has that. She can carry the essence of these women really well on film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she can, and she knows how to transform it in her body. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of, uh, I mean, the the thing that kind of shocked me about the physicality of Carol was that you know she rarely she's rarely looking down, so she's always like as if she's being seen. That's a very you know nineteen fifties kind of thing where mm-hmm. she's the housewife who needs to be on and present. And I was like, oh, that's so subtle, but no one else would have done that you know everyone Mm -hmm. would have made it very modern and internal and (laughs) you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna look at look down and cry and kate's like trying to keep it in yeah um and so yeah i I think someone else would have maybe sarah paulson would have done fine maybe she read for it and then they were like yeah hey (laughs) we've got we saw you in down with love there's a great (laughs) (laughs) supporting (laughs) character we want you to do (laughs) oh man sarah paulson our new mary wicks (laughs) (laughs) i'm into that i'm into that (laughs) sure our coded not even coded lesbian sidekick i've never even thought of mary wicks as like a coded lesbian sidekick yeah she's yeah she's definitely she's definitely i mean i guess i i could see sarah paulson if you were gonna do a shot by shot remake of a Gus Van Sant's style of a white Christmas that Sarah Paulson would be working that front desk, <laughs> reading like r- reading Variety and like listening in on like industry phone calls. Totally, 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 with that giant book that's, yeah. <laughs> that's supposedly filled with everything. Uh, See, we're onto something here. Our new, our Mary Wicks for the new millennium. Yeah, <laughs> Hollywood. If you're listening, I've got, I've the got, phone lines are open. Please call in. I've got show Care business on line three. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, so back to brief encounter. Mm-hmm. I think it's you're right too in that this is the this was such a time 
in movies where I'm even thinking like without the star power of Kate and Rooney, it probably could not get made and probably would yeah. still be in development hell. Yeah. Uh, you kind of alluded to that, Scott. Um, and I was really surprised too about the controversy that it was omitted from the Oscars. Like, well, that's it, what's kind of interesting is I think that a movie like Carol, when it comes to Academy voters, it'll f- fly when actors are voting on this movie because the categories are voted for in their specific group. So when actors vote on this movie and right. also like costume designers because cost like Sandy Powell's costumes in this movie are oh incredible. Oh but Sorry. when you c- cast the net wide, like best picture, a wider audience, which is probably straight. It is straight. Yeah. It's not like, they're not going to put it in best picture or yeah. best director just because voting a gay man in best director, even in 2015, you probably weren't yeah. going to see it. Yeah. And it got me thinking, cause I always think about, Todd Haynes and Almodovar kind of in the same breath because they right. both did those massive, they came up around the same time, did mm-hmm. some like massive queer cinema and mm-hmm. such. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Almodovar will never get a best director Oscar mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Nor John Waters, nor, you know, <laughs> nor, I'm still holding out for, I'm yeah. still holding out for like John Waters is, I mean, they're going to have to give him that career award. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> they gave one to mail. what's his name from like, a. Uh, like B cinema uh, mogul um, Corman. Corman. They gave one to Roger Corman. So why can't they give one to John Waters? Also, what's interesting about this movie is that this is sort of one of the last big Weinstein Company movies. Uh-oh. And I know that in 2015, Wein- the Weinstein's were going through a lot of financial trouble. So I don't even think that they were even that involved in the production of this movie just because they were probably just trying to save their sinking company yeah that todd haynes probably had full reign and control of all of this movie and all of the award buzz for this movie probably just came from him and also kate blanchett so it's like i i mean the weinsteins were white were writing the checks but i don't think that they were really that involved with a lot of creative decisions of this movie and you can really tell yeah, which is totally fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, I mean, good. it's 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 kind. It's one of the last big Weinstein movies. Huh, I didn't even think of that. Because mm-hmm. I mean, everything like the Titanic sank with the Weinstein Company in 2017, and this yeah. is 2015. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I did see this in the theaters. I saw it with my roommate, who again was obsessed with it uh, at the time, and we cried. We also it also went over our heads uh, because it's a very it's a it's a really it's a it's a very artsy movie. Yeah. yeah. Although it's very simple, like mm-hmm. on the surface, I was I was really struck by. I was like, "How the fuck did this get made?" There's nothing to the story. There's nothing <laughs> to the you know like it, yeah. it unfolds A B C D. What like, kind of like. like- us talking about why it didn't crack categories like best picture and best director it's yeah. because the movie's not really award baity in sort of the sense of the word of like what you think of a movie about well, could, that's a great like point this that kept, cracks that category yeah well that that's a great point because i kept thinking back to like period movies like yeah. cinderella man road to perdition mm-hmm. like that were made before this where it was very 
heavy handed in that, you know, like this is awards and we're doing yeah. these big things. Yeah. And Carol, I was like, Oh, it's just telling kind of like brief encounter. There's nothing to brief encounter. It's just straight mm-hmm. people talking. That's it. No one, no one, you know, no one dies. Like, it's just very, yeah. like, and for, I feel like, uh, you know, for Oscars and for, you know, Oscar Beatty kind of movies, uh, the performances in this one, um, you know, there's not like a big, like a breakdown or like mm-hmm. a big fight no, yeah. or no. like, uh, you know, neither one of them had this like realization of like, ah, I'm a, you know, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> there wasn't a, you know what I mean? And so, uh, so often in the eighties and the nineties, they needed that scene, you know, that was the big yeah. emotional, yeah. you know, moment. And, and this movie's, the dialogue is so subdued, you know, and yeah. I do think that they should have put both Kate and Rooney in the same category. I think mm. they both should have been campaigning lead. Okay. Yeah. Not to like be sticklers about like category fraud, but there was yeah. a lot of category fraud going on in 2015. <laughs> and this was one of the big like violators of it. Okay. It was like Rooney Mara and Alicia Vikander in supporting actress and uh, clearly co-lead roles. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I can see that. I that was another misconception I had watching it the first time, where I thought Therese was the supporting role. Oh, she's fully the lead of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and then this time around, watching it, especially knowing that Patricia Highsmith, it, it was writing about her. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I'm gonna. Oh, it's all her movie. Yeah. It's her movie totally, a thousand percent. Which makes me think from like an awards kind of standpoint, if you're gonna be strategic, if you yeah. really wanted to get Kate that third Oscar give her the supporting you would put her in supporting. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Although she was very good in Blue Jasmine, as problematic as that movie. Yeah, she yeah, was very yeah. good in that. Yeah. But she has an Oscar scene. She has yes. several <laughs> Oscar scenes. Blue Jasmine, I mean, we won't get into just like Woody Allen, but I will say out of yeah. all of the newer Woody Allen movies, I do it's think Blue Jasmine is the best. Yeah. Of it, them is all. The best. Yeah. it is the yeah. best. It is the best. And uh and but you're right, even like the scenes where Kate is crying on the phone, the camera's like above her showing mm-hmm. her head like you don't really see it deliberately it's not right up in her face. Todd Haynes uh-huh. is smart enough to know that I'm not going to give you that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he does a lot of that too. I, I almost thought, oh, this is a total middle finger to Hollywood. But I was like, <laughs> no, it's not. But it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's just – it's – Todd Haynes being like, I know what you're expecting going into this mm-hmm. movie. It's not that. <laughs> We're going to do something a little different here. Yeah. Yeah. Versus Far From Heaven, which was, you know, we're going to give you all the Hollywood uh, Hollywood antics. Yeah. With um, that. It's so interesting, though, saying that, like, um, pushing her, pushing Kate Blanchett for supporting, you know, mm-hmm. I mean. The movie's called Cow. I mean, it's... Uh, well, th- th- that's very true. <laughs> it, it's kind of like when I was thinking earlier this week, back in t- 2006 with The Devil Wears Prada, if they would have been a little more strategic with that race mm-hmm. and put Meryl in supporting, yeah. that would have been a slam dunk win. Yeah. If they would have put her in supporting. But I guess that when you got Kate Blanchett in a movie called Carol, yeah. you got to put her in lead. Yeah. Not to mention Hollywood is homophobic, so also there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> also, <laughs> but also, t- 2015. If you're really going to dissect that Oscar year, Brie Larson was never not going to win That's for Rome. So because that was Rome, yep. yeah, that was yeah, and she was great in that. She was great in that. 
uh, didn't show her titties, <laughs> but you know she was great in that. She could have. Good. Yes. Plenty of opportunity. I want to talk about I, I before before we move on. I want to talk about the queer renaissance that has yeah. been around this movie because I I feel like no one talked about none of my queer friends talked about it. I mean, I was out. at the time. No one, yeah, <laughs> no one saw it. Yeah. No one saw it supposedly, and I. It wasn't on my regular Christmas rewatch, but I was always like, oh, Carol's the Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Carol's the New Year's mm-hmm. movie. Um, and then just this past year, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch Carol. This You've been Christmas. seeing a lot of oh it. Oh, my God, yeah. I can't mm-hmm. wait to watch Carol this Christmas. And um, two of my really dear friends who are amazing drag performers here um, in Seattle, one like the number two in Miss Texas 1988, Ooh. they did. they were going to do a – Carol inspired wow. like, lip sync wow. for a show before it got canceled because of yeah. COVID. Now, if I was doing drag Carol, would I do the restaurant scene? That's what they were going to do. We're going to do no, the restaurant scene. Okay, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they were going to do, and they're so talented. It's it's it was going to be amazing. But I was just so shocked this year on my friends' Instagrams and like my friends in New York and stuff, and everyone's like. Oh my god! I can't wait to watch Carol. Mm-hmm. And I did some googling, and there's this thing <laughs> called the Cult of Carol. Oh my god! I love it. I was reading about that today too. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, which is insane. Where there was, and Scott, remind me what it was. If you read the same article, there was this woman who was a projectionist of a theater, and they just kept showing it because it kept selling out. It might have been Metrograph or wow. something. But, like, people keep coming to it. So I I don't know. I'm just – I wanted to express that, this whole queer renaissance. Yeah. I mean, I feel <laughs> like it is sort Deserved, of, but I'm, I'm still, like – I mean, you know how, like, uh, yeah, how, what, how straight right. guys love to just ride really hard for Die Hard? Of that Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I feel like for gay men, <laughs> it's new, it is for for gay too. men and yeah. lesbians. It's Carol is like the greatest holiday movie of all time. <laughs> but even but even like gay men, I know like my gay male friends are like, oh my god, I can't wait to watch Carol, and I'm like, what, what? are you talking about? <laughs> Where were you six years ago? I mean, <laughs> yes, I'll always remember. I saw it first. <laughs> we were there opening weekend, and I remember. They had Carol's fur coat on display at the ArcLight. Oh, they did? I remember that. I, I, That's remember that. Yeah. I think that they had Rooney Mara's... Um, I think that it's her last outfit at the restaurant. Okay. I think that oh, okay. that was the one that they had on display there. The the pla- uh, plaited yeah. one? The plaid one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just can't. I don't know. I'm just in awe, and now I'm like, when are are we going to have Carol watch parties and <laughs> Carol Christmas parties? Oh man! I mean, what do we what do we take to like the the Carol like shadow play performance to throw at the screen? A cigarette, lots of cigarettes. Yes, yeah, everyone cigarettes. shows up in a Santa hat. Yes, yeah, Santa. yep. A Santa hat or a fur, and uh, and uh, yeah, you just throw poached eggs at yeah. the whole time. <laughs> Cream spinach. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. The food in this, I was like, you're drinking Ooh. a lot and you're smoking and you're it just reminds me that like the fifties were not a healthy time. No, for no, not consumption. Because <laughs> they're smoking martinis at noon and then she's yeah. like, I'm gonna have cream spinach and poached eggs. Mm. I'm like, you're gonna shit your brains out. That's <laughs> terrible. 
That's awful. That's yeah. disgusting. Therese reminding Carol that she can't smoke on the sales floor. And Carol oh, yeah, is just like, oh, my true. God, are that you fucking true. kidding me? <laughs> and what the, what's Carol's line where she goes, just when everything's wrong, you're out of cigarettes. <laughs> that is a, and that is a, that is a straight up, like, Mommy Dearest line right there. Yeah. yeah. But Kate just sells that line, though. She that it doesn't, it, but it, it, it doesn't did, come it off. Did. There was a pause, yeah. and then it lands. <laughs> it was very camp. I mean, only Kate can sell that line and not... <laughs> I mean, we could have mm-hmm. had we could have had like a basic instinct callback when she says she can't smoke on the sales floor. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Put me in cigarette jail? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, in lesbian jail. So, Jackson, lesbian you did send jail. me the. Um, it was for the Independent Film Awards. It was for it was for uh, the Spirit. Independent Film the Independent Spirit, Spirit Awards with Kate McKinnon. And they did a Carol sketch. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I forgot very, about very funny. that. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Camille and Camille Nanjiami Camille, yeah. is the is the waiter. Okay, yeah. and it's kind of clever of how that scene is shot that you never see the waiter. No, so like it cuts together really well because you don't see him. What? It's the 1950s. You know, you're blowing my mind. This is not that kind of place. Camille, it is that kind of place. You work in a lesbian restaurant. The place is called Leslie's for crying out loud. Look at your name tag. Oh, I thought it said Leslie's. Look around. There are a lot of clandestine glove lunches happening here. Two gloves. Oh, yeah. How did I miss that? Hey, look. The Indian kid fondly figured it out. Whose eggs do I got to poach to get a refill on my cream spinach? I can't wait for the 50s to be over. You can't. Hey, Blondie, why don't you come join us? Yeah, you got two sure things sitting right here. Three if you count by hand. Come on, Carol. Give a dog a bone. They make a good point. Why? Because you're maybe, like, not there yet. I barely even know what to order for lunch. I'm going to pop over there and get what's mama's. Thank you so much for lunch and for the gloves. I love to I do love those restaurant scenes because it's it's so the whole movie is populated with people which does a really great job with like the isolation but also <laughs> but like those restaurant scenes are great because just there's like two people in the background because at first I was like oh are they in a gay yeah Right. restaurant yeah. you know like a windowless bar or something <laughs> like that. well um Therese goes to the gay record store. But is it a gay record store? There's just I like those to think two, it is. Like, those two like, <laughs> lesbians like, in the corner. Like, uh, what are you buying? Billy I, th- I thought, I, I, I'm with Scott. I, yeah. I thought it was a lesbian. Okay. Like like, a, okay it's mm-hmm. kind of a pulp shop. Sure. The, this the like deal. gay hipster like record store. Yeah, where it's like three knocks on the door and we'll show you the basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> that works. Password, password is Fidelio. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean, yeah, transported. This The food, like, that's the thing about movies that are set in a certain time frame. This one was just like, oh, no, this is this food is awful. The drinks mm-hmm. are the worst. You Terrible. know, you know those two are like all full of coffee, like from the minute they woke up. Yeah, so yeah, like you said, after eating the poached eggs, no, I don't. I don't. I was like, I'm not going home that. with you. I know what you just ate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know. Not at all. Okay, is this? 
your favorite lesbian movie or the lesbian movie of the 21st century? Ah. I mean, I think it's. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the quintessential lesbian movie of the 21st mm-hmm. century. I'm trying to think of other lesbian Osbur- movies. Uh, other lesbian movies. <laughs> well, you do love Blue Crush. We're um, we're the to- we're the total target audience for answering this question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember around this time, Blue is the warmest color came out. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Super controversial. Very course, controversial, but- and uh, and I know that director is very problematic. Extremely, mm-hmm. pro- yeah. We don't talk about that yeah. anymore, uh, mm-hmm. which we shouldn't. But yeah. uh, but I mean, it launched Leah Sardou too, mm-hmm. right? And it's, I mean, it's it's a tough watch now, knowing what right. the director put her through. It's kind of like that mm-hmm. uh, whole Last Tango in Paris. Yeah, I was going to say Last Tango in Paris. Yeah, just about that. But but I remember at the time, especially like with my roommate after it was, I think. After Carol, because or we saw it after Carol, it had been released and there was all the controversy. And then watching it, we were just like, oh no, this is the artsy. Yeah. Because uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three hours. Mm-hmm. The the sex scenes are like 12 minutes and you're, oh. and you're just like, I don't care. <laughs> and it's just like high art, all the, uh, like very foreign indie. But I remember it was kind of, breathe it was spoken in the same breath as carol because mm-hmm. it was like there were two lesbian movies yeah. at the end <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i mean i think portrait of a lady on fire has, yeah is i was gonna there. say is portrait of a lady carol. on fire is up there i love that movie yeah i i i just think it yeah and it does what carol does where it's very simple it's told in a very simple way it's very stylized and there's nothing to it like mm-hmm. and and that's great it's perfect yeah Period lesbian dramas. What, well, what I mean, Ammonite, Ammonite. Ammonite that just came out last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Ammonite was compared a lot to Portrait of a Lady on Fire, too. Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. exact same story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same story. <laughs> Is it like, the, uh, we can't be lesbians, but we're lesbians. And... <laughs> Is it the Dante's Peak to the Portrait of a Lady on Fire? Yeah, pretty volcano? much. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's the it's the uh not after earth. What were the what were the asteroid movies? Oh, Deep Impact. Deep Impact and, and Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they're just yeah, they're just the, <laughs> it's the after one exactly. Okay. Um okay. well, and then there's like movies with lesbian overtones in it or direct ones like The Favorite and yes. uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's just so Hollywood's Hollywood's getting there. Yeah. Hollywood's getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um I was kind of thinking about the sex scene as we're watching this movie going, was it like really, I I was trying to remember like, is the sex scene going to be really graphic? I don't really remember what happened. And then, then it happened and I was like, Oh, all right. Okay. It was just graphic enough. It's graphic. It's, it's (laughs) very tastefully done. Mm -hmm. It is shocking. Like Todd Haynes does a really good job about like all the things you're expecting in a movie to be like, not to jump ahead, but the end is the second time someone says, I love you is when yeah. Kate Blanchett says it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause Rooney Mara's uh, boyfriend says it to her, mm-hmm. but it's like, Oh yeah, no one has said, I love you. And then like the sex scene comes, you're like, yeah, I haven't seen tits in about an hour. So <laughs> that's pretty surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of shocking 
nudity in a Todd Haynes movie, Uh-oh. I'm kind of flashing back to Mildred Pierce and Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah. And the full frontal of Evan Rachel Wood in that in that series. I mean, it's it's for the purpose of the character yeah, and yeah. her mother is watching her that it's like shocking. Yeah. So it's like Todd Haynes knows when to go there when the material calls for it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, yeah, and he just gives us enough, yeah, but enough to where, yeah, when when they open their boobs and yeah. they're like, you're like, oh, Ooh, my God. all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they and the there's dialogue in the scene. She's like, I want to see you, like all that stuff. And I do remember when I, because that was the thing. As we're watching it tonight, I'm like thinking. Was I shocked by this? I don't remember. And then, the, then it happened, and I was like, "Oh, I was shocked at the sex scene when yeah, I saw totally. the it." Totally, it was a that was a that was a pearl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember <laughs> we. I mean, we saw this movie at yeah the ArcLight Hollywood in one of their biggest screens. Yeah, yeah. So, and I so just kind of remember like looking like, around, just right. being like, oh, "All right, there okay, yeah, we're doing this. We're doing this, everybody. We're all in this together, everyone. Yeah. Let's go." So, I mean, something that should be in more Hollywood movies, in my opinion. Sex scenes, sex scenes, <laughs> lesbian sex scenes. They're, they're going out of fashion. We need to bring sex scenes back. I mean, it, I mean, it's kind but, of true, though. Yeah, but how it's but it's a testament to how it. Again, how Todd knows how to use it yeah. because, again, by that point, we're not – we've never – we haven't seen flesh. And yeah. so mm-hmm. then like, oh, right. This well, is- yeah, because these two characters, they've like uh, – you know, they've gone on the lunch date. They've like – she's gone to her home. Now they're on this weird road trip that's like – You don't really know the specifics of this, ro- how, of this road trip. Like where are they going? Are they, are, are they going to see the Great Lakes in like yeah. the month of December? I don't no, know. No, no. She says, she says it weird. It's it, – yeah, that's one of the weird parts about the movie is she goes, I just want to go drive west to keep driving. Yeah. And then Brittany Mara's like – Knock, fucking knock! I'm coming with Here you. Here I am. I paid my rent through February. Yeah, February, and they were, and then they just drive. Yeah, and go to to uh, Iowa, Waterloo, Iowa. Yeah, but like the first two places. nights, the first two nights, they are intimate, but in that intimate way of like hand on the shoulder, we're having you know dinner on a road trip, but it's never gone there. And then so finally when we do, it's like, all right, yeah. here it is. That's when yeah. the pegging yeah. exactly. Only only to find out that everything that has been that son of a bitch has been like taping all of their conversations <laughs> in the room worst, next door. The worst. Uh, that whole reveal is uh, like Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. And he's so brazen, he doesn't even get scared when she pulls a gun on him. Right? He's not even like, oh. He's just like, eh, fuck, you're not going to do anything. (laughs) And then, like, Rooney Mara is like, I trusted you. And he's like, just doing my job, ma'am. You're Uh, like, shut up. You're right. All the men in this movie are pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. They're all (laughs) terrible. I mean, there was this sweet guy that worked... Um, for the newspaper, but he throws himself on her when they're just like having a nice conversation at the oh, beginning yeah, of the movie. Mm-hmm. He says no, she says no, and he keeps going. Uh, uh, it's just a kiss, but still, she does say, "I'm not comfortable with this." So it's like, now uh, I wondered too, watching this about whether this this kind of start. I don't know if this started this or this was just something I noticed with. The older and younger dynamic. I mean, what you were talking about with the predatory thing, but Mm -hmm. I was even thinking back to Call Me By Your Name, I think, like mentioned earlier, and I was like, 
Yeah, that was fine when I was watching it, but then upon thinking about it, I was like, is Hollywood romanticizing? <laughs> well, I mean, Especially- don't even get me started on Licorice Pizza. Sure. Oh, I well, I mean, that's I mean, that's a part of the story and characters of the movie, uh, and yeah, even about, like, but that's kind of that's basically about grooming, right? There's two different schools of okay, thought on okay. it. I mean, I I read P.T. Anderson's like defend of it, and I got it. Okay, like I understand where he's coming from. Okay, because okay. he kind of he kind of puts the idea out there that no lines are crossed between these two characters that we see in the movie in the movie <laughs> yeah in the movie. but in my but in my fan fiction sequel <laughs> there, i was gonna say <laughs> the sequel that is no longer green no. uh, <laughs> so many lines been crossed <laughs> i did like i did like licorice pizza i loved it it's a great movie yeah but there's some weird stuff. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you're right. You're right. There, the age difference is, um, you know, it's it's apparent. But I mean, in the gay community, you do see age differences like that yeah. a lot. And in, in this real life, and in this movie, so, the uh, mm-hmm. Therese, the Rooney Mara character, is of you know, she's of yeah. age, like she's yeah, in her early twenties. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm yeah. I'm not implying otherwise. But I just find it interesting. I was like, oh yeah, in a queer love story, mm-hmm. it's like the, it has to be this nurturing older yeah. person bringing well, the younger person yeah. into into adulthood yes. through well, falling in love and breaking their heart. Well, and especially with like Call Me By Your Name, there's the dad character that's very much like the Amy Poehler character from Mean Girls of that <laughs> I'm going to be the cool, <laughs> dad, the cool dad and you can go get like <laughs> fucked by Army Hammer. I don't totally, care. Yeah, I'm fine like, with it's it. Fine, just don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to drink, do it in the house. Um, yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. I feel like maybe with, with lesbians, age difference isn't as much of a thing. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Again, call in. I have, yes, 100. the lines are open. This was probably a movie up. that I should have saved for one of my lesbian friends. That's ah, fine. Jackson really wanted to do it. Yeah, though. no, this is this is a great <laughs> conversation. Um, I also wanted to do the hours, which is my other. We one. will get to oh the hours. God. I mean, the, I mean, the hours Heavy. is going to be like an event episode of our show. Like, yeah, I mean, that is just like the movie that recruited me when I was 17 years old to be like gay. It's just like, yeah. it, it was the fucking hours. My parents dropping me off at that movie. Oh my God. Yep. But I love, I love that. I mean, and, and that was way before. No, I agree with you, Scott. My, it was transformative for me too. Mm-hmm. And, and it was this very high profile Hollywood yep. mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. But the it was less. Le- I mean, it was it was overtly lesbian. It wasn't yeah. as overtly lesbian as Carol because at first they were just like, "It's actually about Virginia Woolf." And <laughs> it's about lit- It's about our love for literature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And AIDS and suicide and then lesbian. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> like it takes you a while to get through that to be like, oh, every one of them are. Oh, okay. okay I see. Got yeah. it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But that was very mainstream. That was yep. very mainstream mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I mean, the gay agenda. Yeah. Got to hand it to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got it. Todd Haynes. We'll be we'll be get, we'll all be getting our newsletter from the gay agenda Hold soon, on. very shortly. I was looking at Todd Haynes' uh-huh. filmography today and I saw a movie coming up that kind of made me be like, "Oh my god." What is an, an upcoming an uh, upcoming project? Todd Haynes movie that okay. is in development. Please Ooh. hold. 
Right. It is called well, May. You- okay, it is called May December with Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore attached. And the <gasps> tagline on IMDb, 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, a married couple buckles under the pressure when an actress arrives to do some research for a film about their past. With Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Wow. And they're mm-hmm. the May-December relationship? I think so. All right. I'm on board with mm-hmm. that. Okay. All right. Okay, Todd. Okay, Todd. I hope this movie gets made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It must. I hope you watch Safe, Scott. And- <laughs> yes, I need to. And also, <laughs> it's been safe. a hot second since I've revisited Velvet Goldmine. I don't yeah. think I've yeah. really watched it in its it entirety in since I was like 18 years old. I haven't watched it since uh, high school. Yeah. Because I watched that around the same time I watched Hedwig. And mm. I think I preferred Hedwig a lot yeah. more mm-hmm. than it. I need to rewatch Velvet Goldmine. But it's Ewan McGregor and Christian Bale. And, yeah. You know. Right? Is it Christian yeah. Bale? Yeah. Christian Bale. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And that soundtrack is. Everything. Oh yeah, it was fire. Oh, that soundtrack was so good. I wore that CD out. Is that one of those soundtracks now that is just not on streaming? Yes. Over weird no, music yeah. rights issues. Find, yeah. Can't find it anywhere. Yeah. I might yeah. have my CD in that like big book of CDs that we have in the mm-hmm. garage. I'll have to go look for it. But yeah, it's it's not not readily available. But um, yeah, we'll have to definitely we'll have to revisit um, the Velvet Goldmine. You see Ewan McGregor's dick in this. This is very true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You see the early 2000s Ewan McGregor's dick. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Man, when I found out this year that Mary Elizabeth Winsett broke up his marriage <gasps> and had a kid, <sighs> and I'm just like, you know, like, this you, is bitch. kind of, this is kind of awful, but yeah, good for you, bitch. It's good for her. Yeah, good for her. <laughs> good. good for living, her. living the life that we all secretly dream of. Yeah, you're running like, off with you and McGregor. Too. If I were her, I would. I would have the same. Of course thing. I would. Of course I would. I forgot one bit of Kate Blanchett trivia. Okay. that I yeah. thought was interesting today. All right. So, um, Kate Blanchett replaced Rachel Weisz in a movie. Do you know what it was? Um, Rachel Weisz had to bow out due to, uh, I think, time constraints or something. Mm-hmm. And I know that – I think that she had just had a kid too. Okay. So do you know what movie it was? I do not. What? Jackson? Oh, what? is it Eyes Wide Shut? No. No, 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 no. no, no this is Kate, Kate Blanchett. Kate, Kate, Kate. Yeah. What, what? What, what, what did she replace? It was The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. <gasps> Apparently what? that role Rachel was Weiss offered was to Rachel Weisz. Very wow. interesting. Yeah. I uh, God, that's such a good. It's a good movie. It's weird on the rewatch, but it's a great. Movie. <laughs> but it's weird on the rewatch. But it's one of those movies. I remember a few years ago when I upgraded my DVD to a Blu-ray, and yeah, and they Criterion did, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm just gonna like put it on my TV and just see how it looks. And I sat down and watched all two and a half <laughs> hours of it, not really yeah. thinking I was going to like finish it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It, it is it is really good. I mean that again. If you don't think about that movie while you're watching it, it's a great movie. <laughs> if you're thinking about it, yeah. you're like, no. I mean, okay. it's a, it's like a tall tale. It's like a, it's yeah. a fable. And, and mm-hmm. it's David Fincher with a lot of money and Brad yeah. Pitt and Alexander Desplat's score is amazing. So you're just like, yeah, okay, cool, money, Hollywood. Um, <laughs> I, I love the Kate Blanchett trivia that. Supposedly, she did some voiceover for the mask 
Woman and Eyes I was going to say, I know that you like Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, I did my holiday revisit of Eyes Wide Shut. It had been a while. And supposedly, according to, like, the internet, the woman that Tom Cruise meets, that she sort of tips him off of, you need to get the fuck out of here, it is 80 Yard by Kate Blanchett. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. Which now when I watch it, I'm like, oh, that does sound like <laughs> But it does. I mean, they yeah, kind of really muffle does. her voice a little bit in post, but yeah, I think it's Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. There's there's some inflection she does that on my revisit a few weeks ago, I was mm. like, okay, yeah, that's... that's and I don't think that she's ever officially gone on the record talking about no, it either. No, there's nothing written any in any book about or article about it, but there's like a, just, it's one of those rumors i think it's i i mean my my thing is like it's to keep the secret you know it's like that stanley kubrick wanted around the whole movie was just like oh yeah no no one did it it was just (laughs) (laughs) oh man i mean kate she's great yeah she's incredible it's it's kate blanchett (laughs) like she's one of my favorite actresses like she's great she's Mm -hmm. so good Mm mm-hmm can do everything, mm-hmm. and I and I love her uh, non-movie Kate Blanchett Australian speaking voice. Yeah, you like We've that she, about she just before. has this Australian accent. Her Australian accent's very it's very thick and pronounced. When you hear, you know, when you watch very her, like, in there, Graham Norton or I whatever, saw, you're like, whoa. <laughs> I saw some clip. I saw some clips of her doing. She was the the uh, she was in a because uh, you know she owns a theater company and mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Yes, Australia or New Zealand, and she, there were clips of her doing a play called The Maids, and I was just like so struck by her Australian accent. I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, no, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's crazy!" Because she usually plays, you know, these these like you know sophisticated, staid women. Mm-hmm. Not that Australians are not sophisticated. I feel like I've said this before in another in another episode. What mm-hmm. were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about Nicole Kidman's accent there in Batman Forever. Go. There you go. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's and really how there's certain lines of there's certain line readings of Nicole Kidman that you can really tell. Oh, you're talking about Doctor Chase Meridian. Doctor Chase Meridian, <laughs> like just her Australian <laughs> accent comes out with certain yeah. words that the, she says. Feast, I love her restraint of her accent with the AMC ad. Oh that. yes, uh, they are. The, she says are. They are. They are. She doesn't say are. they are. They are. <laughs> Now, Kate Blanchett too. I love her in uh, Life Aquatic, the the Wes Anderson. I think she's one of my favorite performances of that movie, and I don't love the the Life Aquatic, yeah. but I like her in that. Yeah, movie. I I mean I I think it gets a lot of flack. It's really I mean it's, I need to do a revisit but, of it. Yeah, give it another chance. It's not any. I mean, there's a lot wrong with it in the sense of like Wes Anderson just doesn't. He has a lot of ideas he doesn't ever resolve. But Kate Blanchett is funny and that and i'm like why doesn't she do more comedy yeah, like she should lucy, she's very funny. like lucy yep. or something mm-hmm. like that she would have been amazing i did love nicole kidman and being the ricardos though okay i'm watching I, it soon i so. do yeah. think that she's going to win okay all right mm-hmm. i'll all right. i might have to eat my words on that you in a few months first, but folks. <laughs> i do think that she's going to win a second after after she wins she's yep. going to do a, a 1930s lesbian movie with Sarah oh, Paulson so can't wait for that and have they <laughs> ever better. start across from each other in a movie I don't think that they've ever Kate actually and, been in Kate a movie Nick? together have they I don't, I don't think so nope cast yeah. them as sisters I want to see uh, that movie there you go 
That'd be good. That. I'll watch that. That's January to May, and then there's May to December. There you go. <laughs> Julia Moore. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Montad. Get on it. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think we're getting close to... So I've been asking all of our guests in the month of December mm-hmm. for our Christmas-themed movies. What movies do you return to this month? Because we've been watching a lot of fucking holiday movies this year, like more so than usual. Yeah. I go to a lot of ones y'all have talked about. Um, Pee-wee's Christmas. Love it. Uh, yep. Is a new tradition. Um I love a Barbara Stanwyck Christmas. I love <laughs> Christmas in Connecticut. I just watched uh, the one uh, that Ben recommended. What's the one that she uh, she's the yeah, shoplifter? I'm blanking on it. Um, but yeah, she has two Christmas movies. Mm. One is I think Christmas in Connecticut. The other is uh, oh gosh, yeah, that one. We'll find it. Take a look. Yeah, look <laughs> it up real quick. Uh, but those are great. Love a Barbara Stanwyck Christmas. Yeah. I go. Oh, I always go back to "It's a Wonderful Life." Yeah, yeah. I, I always go back to "It's a Wonderful I, Life." Uh, I have not watched it the past few years, and I made it a point this December to revisit it, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it. It holds up. I watch it mm-hmm. every Christmas Eve. Donna Reed is just so good. That scene so between good. Donna Reed and Jimmy Stewart when they're outside of the house throwing the rocks. I think it's one of the most romantic scenes of a Hollywood movie. Like just when I think of romantic scene in a movie, I immediately think of that scene. And then the scene where they're on the phone is, is beautiful too. But when you watch it again, you're like, Oh, she's the one who's like making all of this happen. Yes. Mm -hmm. She's the one that saves George's ass at the end of the movie. Sorry? She's the one that saves George's ass at the end of the yeah, movie. Exactly, yeah, exactly. But also she's the one that's like, you know, puts him in his place. And you know, yeah. <laughs> and I love that like, scene where she breaks the record. Yep. So good. Where they're both on the phone together. I did look up the Barbara Stanwyck movie. It is called Remember the Night. Remember the Night. And Remember yeah. the Night has that story structure that just feels like a Hallmark movie. But this is like the genesis of the Hallmark movie. Early genesis. Like, the yeah. early, like, patient zero of that type of story. Because <laughs> there was never... I mean, because Christmas movies were not as common yes. back right, then. Right. I mean, outside of A Christmas Carol, that was right. it. I mean, you had a, a few of those. And even It's a Wonderful Life never picked up until the 60s when it fell in the public domain. Right. Um, I also love uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, of course. Ah, my favorite of the Christmas carols. <laughs> um, Eyes Wide Shut, great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, great Christmas. Um, I did a rewatch of The Family Stone this year, and I was like, I, I'm gonna gonna watch this very drunk every year, and <laughs> and kind of like it. We'll kinda. eventually get to our Family Stone episode. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's been building at this point. We might get to it next year. <laughs> Uh, There's a lot wrong with that. Claire Danes yeah. definitely is the enemy. Um, and <laughs> and uh, uh, that's all I'll leave that with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a movie that not a lot of people have seen. My parents love it. We watched it every Christmas. We had the DVD. You can't find it on any streaming services. But it's um, the prequel to the Waltons TV series. There was a movie called Homecoming, A Walton's Christmas. Oh, my God. Starring Patricia Neal. Wow. Uh, as okay. the mom. And 
pretty much all of like who like Richard Thomas is in it, like everyone who did the movie. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a very sweet. I think it was made for TV. Yeah, but it was a very sweet movie. So, uh, but yeah, you can't. It's not streaming anywhere. But I like watching that because that reminds me of family and everything right. like. That. Yeah. Whenever we're channel surfing on Sling TV at like. 12 a.m. The Waltons is always on. <laughs> the Waltons is always on one channel, channel, and Murder She Wrote is always on the other channel. Yeah, it's it's a it's a different. If you go into the Homecoming expecting the Waltons, it's a lot. It's not that. It's yeah, really mm-hmm. not that. It's it's very well done, and Patricia Neal's great. I mean, she's it's one of her later performances, but she's really fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, this has been so much fun, man. Hey, this is fun. Thank I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad three gay men can analyze <laughs> a lesbian yep. movie. What a what a time to do that. Twenty twenty one. Look how far we've I know, come, right? Look man. how this far is great. Look how far progress. <laughs> right. Progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I do kind of feel bad not having a lesbian on for this movie, but I mean it had to be done. No, yeah. I'm, yeah. no, I'm honored. I'm honored you all asked me. This was so much fun. Yeah. Of course. All, as always. And I and I hope I can come back at least uh, of course. Four, four more times next mm-hmm. year. <laughs> yes, yep. indeed. 2022. <laughs> we'll have you on for eight episodes. Woo! <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh, it's uh, it's about that time to, to say good evening. But again, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Happy New Year's, Jackson. Happy New, Year. Happy New Year's to y'all. Yep. Yes, indeed. We had our, our lonely little New Year's party, much like Therese and Carol in their <laughs> oh, hotel room last year. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens this year. All right, buddy. We'll see you soon. Okay. Great. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Bye. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Happy New Year's. What a 2021. New Year. We did an episode a week. We absolutely for did. A year. <laughs> we did. That's crazy. Yeah. So we have some big news. We will be taking a little break. Mm-hmm. We are going to be finishing season two of Movies That Made Us Gay. Don't worry. Our break won't be that long. It's Short probably break. just going to be a few weeks. Mm-hmm. But don't worry. We will be doing Patreon content. Yes. We are going to be doing a few commentaries. Yes. We will be doing a free one. At least one free commentary. Yeah. So, so we'll post mm-hmm. a link on Patreon. So you'll have to go to the Patreon website or the app to access it. But you will not have to be a uh, patron or subscriber. Mm-hmm. It'll be unlocked for the general public to um, to listen to. So, And we actually have one on there that's yeah, like that. We have 10 I Things I Hate About You. Oh, 10 Things I Hate About mm-hmm. You. We free. did that around our 100th episode. Yes, indeed. So... Um, you're welcome to listen to our commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, join if you would like to check out all of our other ones. We other do ones. a yeah, lot of fun so commentaries. Many. You can either listen to them separate. I know that people probably do without watching the movie. Yeah. Or you can queue up the movie, hit play when you hear the three beeps, mm-hmm. and watch along with us. Watch a lot along of fun. with the movie. It's really cool. Yeah. They sync it up with really the movie. Cool. Yeah. I've done it with commentaries that I'm talking about. We on. just did Black Christmas in the month of December. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I think you should watch it with the movie, but you can also just listen to it um, as another supplemental episode there might be some there might be some pauses there might be if some you, pauses if, if you listen to it in your movie. car but there's, we there's are kind of watching it but they're still fun so uh yeah I, I, 
it's it's definitely worth checking out you know and and we've said this before if you want to jump on the patreon and just drop ten dollars mm-hmm. you'll have the entire month so for ten bucks you'll be able to listen to you know twelve commentary tracks mm-hmm. you know in the in the thirty days and get them all in listen to them all and then you know even just a ten dollar contribution to the patreon for one month is yeah. so helpful to yeah, us. it means a lot yeah it means mm-hmm. a lot and you know don't feel bad if you have to you know join up just to listen and then um, stop your membership it's it's totally fine think of it as a one-time contribution of ten dollars mm-hmm. to to the cause and uh, you get some great stuff and you know it's fun for us to we'll send you out the um, links to the newsletters and all that great stuff so we'll be doing a out. new newsletter very very soon too yes 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 december was very yep. very big mm-hmm. we'll send out one early in the new year and then we'll send another one out in january so mm-hmm. newsletters are coming don't worry so yeah, we'll be taking a little break, but not to worry. Yeah, we'll be back. Uh, this is episode 132, mm-hmm. season four. No, season. Are we in season three? I think that we're just finishing up. Our season two was. Re- <laughs> Let me. Uh, I think this is season three. This is we're finishing season three. We're going to be starting season four in 2022. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. We, mm-hmm. can, we can edit this. But, um... Pete, you told me that we had a new review. We do. We have a brand new review. It's an iTunes review. Oh, I want to hear it. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a look at this uh, iTunes review. This is from Apple Podcast Listener that goes by the name of DJ Evil Dave. Title of the review is Refreshing, Engaging, Uplifting, Enlightening. Five stars. I found this podcast to be a delightful alternative to many other movie podcasts. Not only does this show cover films not usually discussed, but does so in both a personal and informative way. For instance, Scott, Pete, and guests relate stories of how the movie in question affected them then and now. Also, they take a critical eye at films, making comparisons to similar movies, or delving into the other works of the actors, directors, and customers a solid show that never disappoints five stars yay i like that review yes i always try to do a podcast that i would want to listen to absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely and you know doing uh this podcast for as long as we have we kind of become not snobs but snobs you know we kind of get into this thing where we're just like Hey, we know what it takes to put into a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, we know what it takes to produce yeah. one. And so we're just like, yeah, uh, I want to listen to this show. I want to listen to that show. Um, so, yeah, we, we want we strive to put out a podcast that people will enjoy. And mm-hmm. thank you guys so yeah. much. It's the end of the year. It's a it's holiday been, it's season. It's been a hell of a year. And it's been a crazy two we, years. And we went December hard this year. I don't we think did. that we've ever done... This many we really did. like holiday themed movies in December. I mean, you know we love a fucking theme on this show. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean it's been it's been a hell of a time, but mm-hmm. we're we're still, you know, we're still around, and um, we're still going to be making more more episodes come January. I am. I mean, I have quite a few guests that we will be having on. I've mm-hmm. already have them on the books, and I just haven't scheduled the dates yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, thank you very much. We have yeah. some Patreon shout Yay, outs. Yay, Patreon shout outs! Patreon. Uh, we would like to 
say hey, hello, and thanks to all of our wonderful patrons, Alberto, Esperanza, Nicole, Susan, Barry, JJ, Amy, Leighton, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Joshua, Emlamelli, Aaron, Melinda and Jim, Jessica, Nick and Shannon, Christine, and Rafino. Thank you for being Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you so much. Yes, indeed. We've talked about our Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay to check out some more details. We'd also love it if you would follow us on any and all of those social yeah. media platforms. Apple Podcasts and now Spotify. You can rate the show. So yeah. give us five stars on Apple and on Spotify. Mm-hmm. If you listen on Spotify, hit those five stars. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at MTMUGPod. And on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Yes, indeed. You can also follow us on our personal socials. My name is Pete. I am at Peter Lasagna on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And I am Oscar Scott on Twitter and Scott Youngballer on Instagram. And follow my letterbox. I've been going hard at it lately. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. This was a long one, but it was a really, really fun one. We'll see you very, very soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.